Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Thanks for watching and listening. We have a fun conversation today. We love talking to voice actors, storytellers on the show. You can see the background behind me, but if you're listening, you need to head over and check out the video version. We're chatting with voice actor uh, Sarah Natatini about the one and only Ash Ketchum, Pokemon, and a million other projects that they have been a part of, um, a real legacy. Sarah, thanks for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much, Brett. It's so nice to meet you. Yes. Well, speaking of your publicist, when I found out he was going to be carrying you and repping you, I was like, this is a really cool opportunity because as we were talking off tape, you're the voice of Ash of Pokemon, which has been a part of so many people's childhoods and adulthoods even. I mean, it's wild. Now, I want to confirm how long have you been doing the voice? It's been a very long time. Yeah. That you've been doing this. It does it even set in the fact that you've been doing it this long? No, time flies so fast. Um, I've been doing it. I will be, I will have been doing it for 17 years. Wow. So at, at the, it's like 16 and a half right now. I mean, any job to last that long is one thing, but in your industry, the voiceover world, it's a lot of longevity. So let's take it back to the very beginning because I know for a lot of people, when they voice a character, you just don't really know how long it's going to last because the world is so different and so competitive, right? right? It's just wild. So when you were going out to start your career and prepare for this character, did you know or have any idea or could you have imagined it would last as long as it has? I didn't really. My my focus when I first booked the role was to keep it. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> and to just do the best job that I could possibly do and continue pursuing the things that I wanted to pursue. I wanted to be an on-camera actor. So I didn't really think about, I, it's unfathomable to any actor to have a job this long. So it did not occur to me. And my mom is a Broadway violinist and she would be on a show. Like there were some shows that were on for 20 years, right? But even she would not be a part of that show for the entire time. So it's not something, I, I was raised to expect things to end. I'm yeah, as most word. people are, I think, <laughs> you yeah. know, especially in your industry, because, well, just in the entertainment industry period, it's so different and so unpredictable. Um, right. So for you, becoming a voice actor or on-camera actor was really just sort of, not really sort of, but it's just part of what you knew, having family yeah. that was in the business. Um, yeah. And I love the fact you're honestly, your goal was just to keep the job. Um, and Realistic. yeah. And even today, really, because this business is so competitive and it's so different. Um, so yeah, 17, you've almost outlasted Grey's Anatomy season wise, <laughs> as far as long as you've kept the job. That's funny. Um, yeah. So let's talk about it. It's just been a wild ride for you. I know I've been following you on social and you've been posting a lot of things about the character and things that you're working on. How has Ash grown over the years since you've had the opportunity to voice them and to create such, I mean, an iconic character, really? 
Um, Ash has gone through, I think, arcs of maturity level. Uh, he's always 10 years old. He's always been 10 years old. That didn't come out until like kind of recently. It wasn't like canon. For I was going to say like there yeah. was no information about that. He's he literally has not aged. He has not aged. Um, and I think there's a great reason for that. I think personally, this is what I think. I don't know if it's you know true from Pokemon's perspective, but I think po Ash doesn't age so that everyone can grow. Every generation can grow up with him. And so, like you said, like you're exposing your son to Pokemon now. That's the same Ash Ketchum that you grew up with. Yeah. So um, that's why I think he's always there for people. But he did. He did have like an X Y X Y Z. I think he became far more uh, mature and, you know, fought harder than he ever had before. And and he treats his friends a little bit differently. He's not making fun of them quite as much as he did in the beginning. He's a little bit more mature with them. And then in Alola. He kind of, I, I wouldn't say he regressed. He kept that level of maturity in, in, with his friendships, but he just like, he went back to school and he, he got a lot funnier and the animation got a lot wackier. And, you know, I think over the years, I just got to explore different sides of Ash without focusing too much on his linear growth. So when you go to voice a project, you have to go in with that mindset, I'm guessing, because really like, you know, you, having done this for so long, but I imagine each time it's like a brand new adventure, obviously for writing yeah. purposes, storytelling purposes, but really just being able to keep the character nuanced. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's crazy. I mean, and that is true, you know, in the sense of having grown up with it. And then now my eight year old loves Pokemon. He's obsessed. Um, the world is just so massive. And there's the Pokemon go, there's the games, there's the cards. I mean, it's just, I can't even put my mind around the legacy of this character and how massive it is. Now you have quite a collection behind you. I can see. I have a few things. Yes. You have voiced other things as well. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Yeah. It's crazy. That was my first, that was my, I think this is still my biggest gift from Pokemon. This was like one, like one of the first things they, they gave me was Ash and his battle frontier form. And that's a poster from San Diego Comic-Con when they announced us in 2006. And then just a bunch of other stuff. Super Duper Danny. Super Duper Danny's card. <laughs> um, a card signed by Real Breaking Nate. A card wow. signed by my friend Barrett Letty, who's the voice of Molaine. We have fun out here. Um, and then it's like a bunch of Marvel sheets and, and what else? Some Funko stuff. A bunch of Funkos. I don't have most of them in the apartment, but yeah, know, it's just so wild. Well, looking at your career, you have had what most people would look at as equatable success, right? Not financial necessarily, but yeah. really just being able to continue to work in an industry, as I mentioned, that is very competitive. I mean, it's just massive. Yeah. What do you feel has been, Sarah, your key to success that has kept you working and maybe even bigger and broader motivated to keep competing and doing this. I mean, I'm doing what I love. I'm doing the thing that makes me happy and keeps me free. So that's the motivation. I could, I can, I, I worked as a film editor for a while. And even though I loved that, it was every single day I had to go to an office. I had to go to a studio and do a job that I 
didn't always didn't always love that much it depended on kind of like what the subject matter was and that just didn't feel like the kind of freedom that I have grown up expecting <laughs> so I'm doing exactly the thing that I feel I was meant to do and and want to do and it never feels like work so that's why I, that's my motivation to keep doing it um what was the other part of your question? There was something else that was. Well, that, that would be it. But I'm saying, yeah. you know, like how, what does success feel like to you? I think you best described oh. it, you know, just being able to do what you love, yeah. having the freedom and not just doing something just for the sake of doing it, you know, because yeah. that has to be a big part of it. When you go to these events, like the comic cons or the conventions, what is that like connecting with fans? Do they, it has to just be, like the wildest experience ever it's it's honestly it's become the best part of having this job because i get to it's it's when you're when you're a theater actor you get you get the feedback from the audience immediately when you're a yeah. film actor you get the feedback of your crew and your cast immediately when you're a voice actor you're sitting in a booth by yourself at this point like most of the time so we're not even going into the studio half the time but in the studio you have a director and you have an engineer and maybe you'll have a few producers in, in like the bigger sessions, but you're not getting the feedback of the people that you're literally playing to who are going to enjoy the thing that you're making. You're not, you're not playing to the kids. So when I go to conventions, every single interaction is so meaningful to me because I finally get to see what my, how my work affects people and the very, you know, children, especially who would never, who would never be in this, in this atmosphere um, with me. Uh, so it's, it's, been really cathartic and really really nice and i i love every second of those conventions i really do yeah and having travel. been i like to travel so that's yeah. been, that's been a <laughs> there's huge that too i mean and having yeah. been to some and seeing the lines and the people just waiting to like talk to you or yeah. and that just has to be it's wild you know like yeah. you had one here in denver and it's like the amount of people waiting to meet the guys from lord of the rings or the Cobra Kai series it's wild like I don't think people get it necessarily all the time the world that you're in is so different than what most people might be used to uh, because you get to do something so different has there been anywhere along the way in your journey as a storyteller where somebody has maybe given you advice or perhaps said things to you that you feel have kept you sustained like say oh wow this was really great maybe early on in your career or maybe advice you've given to somebody else who might come up to you and say, Hey, I want to get into the business or what advice do you have? Yeah. Um, a few people have said this to me. Don't take anything personally. It's all business. So when some, when you feel slighted, when you feel something's been done against you, like it's not done against you, it's done in service of the person doing the thing. So it's very rarely is anything done against someone. Um, and everything, it, it really, it's very important how you react to things. It's, that's really, really important. And that will make or break a lot of your career. If you respond to things really badly and again, like take things personally, um, that can, that can cause a lot of trouble. So that's, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned, um, yeah, for people getting into it, go to acting school because you're competing against people who did that and <laughs> who are acting. Um, yeah. There are very 
few of us who are consistently working who aren't trained actors. Yeah. So you mentioned wanting to do on-camera stuff. Is that something that ever crosses your mind still, or are you perfectly content? I'm assuming maybe even at this point, being able to work from home. Uh... No. <laughs> so I mean, it's great. It's great. It's it's the work that I love so much. So I'm not I'm not sick of the work. I but working from home is like, it's it's bleak. It's pretty bleak for me. Um, at first I was like, oh, this is great, and then I, I just did it too much. It just it's just too much. So I really like getting out. I really like um, being in a studio. Uh, I don't like sitting in traffic when I'm in Los Angeles. I do prefer to work from home because it's just it's just ridiculous to travel at 45 minutes to an hour to get to a session. It's nuts to me, but we do it. Um, it is fun once we get there. Um, but uh, yeah, the on-camera thing I'm, I'm getting back into, I'm making a movie. Uh, we're still in the script stage, so um, it's going to be about a voice actor who uh, loses her job and and her marbles all in one go. <laughs> Which could be life imitating art or art imitating life, maybe. We'll see. No, we'll I'm see. not losing anything in real life, but if I did, wouldn't that be fun? That would be very fun. One last question. Like you yeah. work among some of the greats. Do you have favorite voice actors yourself that you look up to? Oh, you yeah. Go, that you fan yeah. out maybe when you meet uh, at these conventions, not leading the witness yeah. or picking one out over the other necessarily. Oh, totally. Well, I'm about to meet Jody Benson for the first time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to meet her. Don't be scared, Jody. I'm very, I'm, uh, I'll keep it on. <laughs> um, we're, I think she's going to be at Atlanta Comic Con, where I'm also going to be. So I'm very excited to meet her. She's a voice of my childhood. Um, Tara Strong, Tress McNeil, uh, Dee Bradley Baker. I mean, a lot of the usual suspects. There, there are a few that I've met that I'm like, goodness, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, great people that yeah, you've Phil mentioned. Lamar. Phil Lamar is the sweetest. He's great. And yeah, he's been on the show. Tara's yeah. been on the show. Yeah. Um, Rob Paulson is a favorite yeah. over well, very cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Congratulations on everything. Uh, I know you have a lot going on. If people want to connect with you um, or find out what you're up to, what's the best way? Uh, social media. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of it, Facebook, all of that. Sarah Natacheni. Yes. And of course, if you've never seen one single episode of Pokemon, I mean, just Google it and you will get an unlimited amount of yeah. resources. Sarah, very cool. Congratulations. And thank you for your time and your graciousness chatting with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brett. 